Hey friends, we are back with another episode and we are so excited to get to dive into all of what we talked about before. Now we told y'all that this is going to involve some, you know, uncomfortable conversation, some like transparency concerning our lives. And so that is some of what we will dive into today. Um, Before we get there, though, and talking about like how we even started this journey of growing pains. um, Fun fact about us is that we are people who love quotes. We are people who we watch a lot of sermons. We watch a lot of like TED Talks and those kinds of things. And we are always paying attention to the quotes that are said from people who we know in media or just people in our personal lives. And so we decided in establishing this that we would want to share some quotes with you guys on the journey pertaining to whatever topic and conversation we'll be having for today. Um, So, Jernique, I think you had one ready for us. Yes. So this quote is from my daddy, (laughs) my father, pastor, actually, Bishop. Bishop Bishop Dwight Ferguson. Mm -hmm. Um, He told me this. I'll give a little backstory later, but I just say the quote first. You are equipped for this season to do what God has placed in your life to do. He told me this um, when I came back home for Christmas break in 2020, when I was just starting a new project on campus. And he was like, tell me these things like you, you, you can do what you need to do. You can put, you know, you can, God is putting you in this place. Cause I was like, I don't know if this is right. I don't know if I'm doing the right, making the right steps. And he told me that quote and immediately I wrote it down because I definitely believe moving forward that God has definitely placed me in these spaces to do what he has equipped me to do. So with that being said, we are diving right in (laughs) to being the first of of anything, I think, in our family or being one of the few in our family to do different things, maybe even in maybe one of the few in our social circles or in our friends. Um, That is kind of what our conversation surrounds today. So I'm going to see how Danilo Gailey, so I want to just sprinkle this in there. (laughs) No, but really, I think in the quote that you brought up, um, it's very relevant because I think if we did not believe that at some level to begin with, we would not have taken the leap, right? right? There's something in me that has to decide, like, okay, I have it within me and God is able to help me in this before I launch out to do anything. This level of higher education is no joke. And being able to work in this field in the midst of a pandemic is no joke. Mm -hmm. And so like literally the only way that we got here is trusting God to some degree and knowing that like, okay, I'm taking the leap, but I know that when I leap, you're going to catch me and you're going to help me um, sustain in the process. Like and especially where we find ourselves um, at Lee, within our family, within our work context, uh, I think for all of us, we are one of few of something in the room. Mm-hmm. It's either uh, gender, race, ethnic background, nationality. Um, th- we are one of few something. And so this is definitely something that's been relevant to my life and I think all of ours. Mm-hmm. As you said, the word sustain, you know, that's all came in my mind. <laughs> you sustain you sustain oh no in the middle <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> don't judge my singing okay thank you very much <laughs> but yeah i'm just i'm just getting off though but there's this a song Prop's transformation church transformation Ch- transformation church um talking uh, just talking about the journey of sustaining and god helping us to sustain in the middle of the the journey and the experiences that we have um by the way guys i don't actually sound like that when i sing it's just you know me kicking around don't judge me okay <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, I think in the midst of this, now that I think if I apply this now to my journey and my experience, joining the profession of mental health was not necessarily the go-to thing uh, the that was necessarily all received well by family or friends, people that knew me, things of that nature. Um, because it kind of was like the connotation of like, okay, so where are you going to make money from? Like, how, how do, mm-hmm. do you find, is this a sustainable career to put yourself into? Exactly. Um, do you want to hold all these burdens, all of these um, emotions, all of the, the heaviness that comes with being in the mental health profession? Um, but you know what? Since I was about 12, I knew I wanted to study psychology. And I, out of that, I kind of ran away from time to time, away from being a therapist, though, because I, I couldn't conceptualize how I would be able to hold all of the the, the journeys, the pain, the hopes, the dreams, because um, we are in a lot of ways as therapists, we're hope holders. Um, and it's a heavy, heavy, heavy profession. I mean, that's bars. Listen. Yeah, hold holders. on, let me add you my quote note real quick. <laughs> so silly. But we are hope holders. And it is a heaviness of it that I wondered if I had the capacity to hold. I question that a lot about myself. And then is when you have opposition from family or friends, people who feel like, okay, in my instance, right, I am unmarried, I am in my early 20s, and I'm going in the mental health profession. The people was coming for me, y'all. <laughs> and they questioned um, if I would actually be able to um, show up well in this profession. But I was determined that I really loved all things psychology, all things mental health. I grew up with parents who are pastors. And my mom jokingly says to me um, that I'm just getting a degree in what they're already doing, <laughs> in a way. Um, <laughs> which is actually true, because we, we oftentimes have conversations with regard to mental health things. But let's get back on track. Um, the point of the matter is for me, when it came to approaching this field um, and approaching expectations that other people may have for me, I've had to find um, a root, find a core that remained genuine to me despite what other people's expectations or, des- or expectations or desires looked like for me. Um, and so as I even joined the field, that is where a lot of those questions or conversations um, had to be more intentional for me um, because there was pushback. Um, and I even had experiences with clients who <laughs> would find roundabout ways of being like, okay, uh, do you have kids? Mm-hmm. Or are you married? How old are you? And I'm like, you know, I see why you're questioning me, but you know, let's have a let's have a deeper conversation here about healthy relationships. There's a lot here that I have to offer with regard to my training. So let's let's kind of reroute. How much this is just a question for mm. you, but how much would you say or how much would you want to share like our culture has also lended yeah. to this idea of like being one of many in this field or like one of few, one of few. in this field. I guess where I can more so kind of tag that is with regard to like being oftentimes the only international student or employee or representative period, I guess, in the room or and also being um, one of the one of the few people of color, period. Mm-hmm. Um, like it isn't that just being one of few of black people, just of minority status, period, that existed in the room. And that carried a whole lot of weight for me um, in recognizing that there was a there were there were different rooms that were expecting my expertise in certain things there were different rooms that were um expecting uh my ability to help to create more vision and i struggled with that sometimes of being able to fully bring myself into the room and wondering sometimes will i be fully accepted uh so that's mm. kind of in a general way 
okay. uh, what my journey is kind of look like culturally bringing myself into this journey now of others expectations of myself yeah well okay with you saying that now i definitely obviously would relate to that as well um more so in my undergrad classes when i think about being literally the only person of color in my undergrad, mm-hmm. some of my undergrad classes, I literally would some, sometimes come to class, look around the room, and be like, oh, yeah, like, oh, <laughs> there's no one else. <laughs> and then that same thing that you said, I'm having that, like, that expectation to show up in the room and have that other perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, when, for me, sometimes I'd be like, I don't really feel like carrying the whole weight of the Bahamas on my shoulders mm-hmm. today, um, <laughs> or carrying the weight of the entire black perspective right. on my shoulders today, because I genuinely sometimes can't. And so I I get that. Um, and then moving on to grad classes, I am one of a few um, people of color in my grad classes. And uh, sometimes I feel the pressure within myself where I'm like, I have to say something because it is a different perspective, or I do think I need to speak up to give a different perspective to people who've only seen one perspective their entire lives. So I get that that pressure. And then I'm like, how much do I need to also be holding other people accountable? Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot of it's a lot of internal struggle, mm-hmm. I think, when you ask yourself like you are the one you are the only person in this room or you are one of few in the room. And so how much do you need to be the accountability holder? And then how much do you need to take that pressure off yourself to not be and just be in the room that day, mm-hmm. be in the classroom that day, be in that creative space that day? Because sometimes you kind of just need to step back. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I understand it's from a, that point of view. It's a battle though, right? Because I think in coming from um, a different state or different countries that are highly populated with people who look like us, right. who mm-hmm. sound like us, who reflect the things that we think mm-hmm. and feel, um, we're, we're not used to having to be the one. And so when we step into these spaces, we're like, okay, I am now the voice. There feels, yes, it, it, it feels like pressure, mm-hmm. but also this responsibility of the fact that like, if I don't, then who will? Mm-hmm. And so especially in yeah. these places of learning things and working with clients and being black clinicians, like if I don't ask the question about how I need to approach this, mm-hmm. if I don't ask the question about, you know, my um, client who could be a racial minority and needs what whatever we're, we're learning tweaked in their direction. If I don't ask the question, it may not be asked. Mm-hmm. And so this like, yes, this pull to step back and be more quiet and allow just conversation to happen as it does and not feel the pressure, but also knowing that it's not just for um, the people we're working with, but it's for ourselves. Mm-hmm. I have unanswered questions if I don't show up in the fullness of, the fullness of myself mm-hmm. and ask the questions that need to be asked from my perspective. The only, well, Okay, do other people benefit from my voice? Yes. But I am also at a large disadvantage if I don't ask the questions that are relating to who I am in the room, Mm -hmm. even though I'm the only one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because at this level of education, if you want it, you got to ask it. You you have to, like, dive into the uncomfortable. And there may not even be answers. There may be a, like, I'm not sure. We will investigate that and look into it and continue to have conversations surrounding what this does look like for you because I've never thought about it because I I've never had to, um, but it's 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 very necessary, and so it's it's very much of a push pull. Mm-hmm. On a Monday, you might go in and be like, "All right, I'm ready," and then by Wednesday, you're like, "Man, I'm tired." I this. don't think this is for me anymore. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And added to that too, um, from a personal perspective, it is a added weight um, concerning family things. And so, Gaylee, so you touched on like having family who is um, sort of doing what you're doing. Um, generally. 
Um, I wouldn't say that that's my direct experience. They are very supportive of what I'm doing, um, but I wouldn't say that's my direct experience. And so a lot of like my childhood and uh, teenage years were spent like, oh, I'm gonna be a pediatrician. And then I hit undergrad and the Lord said, mm, I don't really know about this. And I found myself in a similar way to what you described, um, doing then what I am doing now, but I did it in the context of my car. And that was like, I just had conversations with people and heard people's stories um, and driving them around campus and those kinds of things. And now getting to a place of like, okay, I am identifying that this could potentially be a thing for me, real life, like mm -hmm. professionally. But also, what does the path even look like? Mm -hmm. A lot of, I mean, praise Jesus for having my back, but a lot of what where I've landed, I have stumbled into. It wasn't because I had a clear path of like, preach, Daniil, for the psychology field. <laughs> There's undergrad, and then you get your master's, and right? then you get your PhD, mm -hmm. and you can open a, open a private practice, and those kinds of things. I The Lord's leading has stumbled me into the right places for and sure. into the hands of the right people, and at a university that really has been able to nurture um, who I am and the, the way that I'm growing and who I'm developing into. Um, but y'all, it is a different thing when it is like you are blindly leading yourself mm -hmm. because my family is not highly familiar with the field. Um, the people around me are not highly familiar. It was a me and Jesus walk. Mm -hmm. That's that's it. And being able to hold that well. Yeah, I, I definitely believe like there's no other way that I could have stumbled into the positions I've been in. Um, I, I may not necessarily be the first in my family to get a doctorate or even go into this field. I have an aunt who's a counselor already. But um, to make the switches that I've been making to go from uh, exercise science straight into psychology, there's nobody else who's done that in my family. I think most paths have been pretty clear of I know what I want to do and or I have been on that path. And so to make the switch... I, I I don't know. This is this is different territory now. And so how do I find the confidence in my decisions and how do I make how do I know that I'm on the right path considering that I already, you know, made my made up my mind to switch and go into MFT. From here, how do I um how am I figuring out what my next steps are? These are all questions that I'm asking myself. Mm -hmm. So it's it's interesting. Mm -hmm. I think one of some of the things that we're highlighting here is like the complexity of our journeys and the experience of becoming more aware of what our futures really look like career-wise, um, what support looks like career-wise as we're maneuvering through these things, and uh, recognizing what our, what the impact is and how we need to be intentional about taking care of ourselves and building a, self, a sense of understanding. Um, so... In the midst of all of this, I, I, I think for me, as we've kind of been navigating through this conversation, um, there is a lot of, uh, I'm going to struggle with this word, relevancy. There you go. <laughs> you got to say it slow. <laughs> There's a lot of relevancy in uh, community and support as we're maneuvering through these things. Oh, yeah. That I think Daniil has kind of pinpointed that hasn't necessarily been a path that's been paved already. Mm -hmm. um, and having to navigate that a lot. And inherently, if you look at the order of how our professional journeys have looked, Daniil has been the first 
first one. Mm-hmm. Um, I've kind of followed behind that, and Daniel and uh, Dernik has followed behind that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but that support system, I think, is what helps and enhances that journey and enriches it, so that we can ask those necessary questions um, that helps us to connect better and more holistically with our passions, um, so that we're making the best out of this experience. Because the matter, the fact is that we're talking about the growing pains that come out of this, but there's still growth that we have to remember that comes out of this as well, mm-hmm. and vision that comes out of this as well that sure. is just simply enhanced in our community experience as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I just wanted to chime that in there yeah. as well. As you're touching on support, and Dernick, you said something earlier about like, how do I know that I'm doing this right? Mm-hmm. I think that was a huge thing for me, and still is throughout the process of like, I'm doing this, and I don't have a person to look to and be like, okay, I am in the right path. Right. So I'm essentially carving out a path for myself. And for all I know, I could be going in the wrong direction. And I'm trusting Jesus and the people around mm-hmm. me, um, like my professors and, and supervisors, to help to pave that out. But still, like as a woman of color and a woman of Caribbean background and those kinds of things, like I still don't know what this looks like. And so there often feels like a potential pull for approval mm-hmm. of like, mm-hmm. I want somebody to applaud me. I want somebody to say like, yes, Daniel, you're doing it. Or like, you know, and trying to figure out like, okay, where do I stand in the midst of the people? Right. Where am I in the metaphorical race um, that this stands in? And a lot of the stretching and the growing is like, being able to trust on a day-by-day basis that I'm doing what is necessary to show up in the places that I do. Being able to trust that, like, you know, today might not be my best therapist day, (laughs) but I am doing what is necessary to help my clients and to better myself. And so sort of, yes, leaning on support from others for the process, but also building the, um, I guess, self-sufficiency and confidence within myself of knowing that what this looks like, the Lord is leading, and my job is to go day by day and being obedient and doing all that I do to the best of my capacity. Mm-hmm. I must mm-hmm. say, though, as we talk about support, I do appreciate I appreciate the people who obviously completely understand where we're coming from. So mm-hmm. you guys know not a, when I stepped in this program, I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> but then yeah, there are also um, people that I think like our parents, our friends who mm-hmm. may not completely understand, yeah. but they still step in as that support to say, you know what? We're going to help you as much as we can. And that doesn't mean that we fully understand, but we're still there for you as you go through this process. And so even even if sometimes they don't even recognize what it is to be the f- first of few, I always say, I'm getting it mixed up a little bit, but <laughs> be the first of few, um, still having that support is so important. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's it's a process, growing yeah. pains, literally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's growing pains. Yeah, it's even, because we're saying this, right, but it even took some time for us to recognize the things that we were feeling. Mm-hmm. It is a growing pain to be able to label the process that I'm going through and figure out that it is a thing. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times um, what we're navigating as one of the first or uh, being one of few in the room uh, is something that can cause us to doubt ourselves. And so we don't realize that what we're doing is a matter of comparison of like, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. I don't know what this looks like. Jesus help me. I'm stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is all like, it's part of the process. I think the ability to label this as a growing pain, as a part of what it takes on the journey mm-hmm. um, is, a, is a huge thing. Being able to put language and be like, wow, I have taken a large leap. Like it takes a lot of, for me, intentional reflecting on, like sometimes I sit and be like, Daniel, what is your life? How did you land here? Mm -hmm. You did not see yourself 10 years ago, five years ago. You did not see yourself where you are now. And so being able to recognize the journey um, and still yet the journey ahead of and and as I continue to pave the way for myself and figuring out like 
what does this look like mm-hmm. even in the next chapter of life? I think if you, when we talk about, you know, paving the way, um, I always have this thought of I may be the first, but I do not want to be the last. And so if I am paving the way, what things can I now put in place and be, you know, be an example for those coming up behind me? Because I never want to be the last in in the room. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I want to be able to promote that other people that look just like me Mm -hmm. can step into this space and hopefully do it better than me. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't. Yeah, I may be the first, but yeah, I really don't want to be the last. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, the journey continues, and I think that there's a lot of re- relevancy. Yes, <laughs> struggle with this word. Yeah, there's a lot of relevancy in us being able to pass on the baton. Um, generations that come after us, and people who are involved in this journey as well. They, they, we all have to be. Um, I think it's it's valuable to be in a place of sisterhood, um, in a place of um, just support as clinicians to one another, and being able to share the journey, being able to create space um, for others at the table. Um, where space is not always given um, we have a large responsibility I think um, in doing that as well and I think it's a it's an important part of what we should embrace in so not even just creating space mm-hmm. at the table but making sure people who are coming to the table are heard you see that yes. because we can create space and nobody listening to the people right. who come in mm-hmm. yes so it's it takes both it takes us yeah. being able to listen but also be willing to you know move over mm-hmm. yeah for sure. I, I realized that what you're saying is something that is fully relevant in other contexts but i think especially for us again um speaking from a position um an experience of higher education like that is the gift of being able to get higher education the gift is being able to like get into the spaces that most may not have access to and to create space for other individuals <laughs> and so um You know, like I am now uh, in my second year of the PhD um, and have established private practice. And so the thoughts of like, what does this look like in the future if I end up teaching or if I end up um, having continuing my private practice, but hiring other people on. Right. Like what are the opportunities that I'm able to give other people that I was not offered really um, in these ways? Because it's not just about our path, but a responsibility that we carry um, for those that we're connected to and those that we will come into contact with to like open up those spaces and make them available, make them possible in the ways that we did not perceive a lot of where we are to be possible beforehand. That's that's why mentoring is important too. Like if you teach, what is it? Um, It's the quote of learn one, teach one. Each one, teach one. Yeah. Each one, teach one. Each one, teach one. So when we have that mindset, that changes the game as well. Thank you guys so much for listening to us and this whole concept of being the first, being the first of few. Being one of the first. Thank you. Or one of few. Yes. I, oh my God. And exploring expectations of others in the midst of that and of for ourselves. Sure. Yes. And we are so excited for you to continue to listen to us and as we continue on this journey and in our pursuit of purpose. Thank you so much. <laughs>